Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Orlando Soccer Show. You're not hearing it wrong. This is not the normal intro because we have been nominated by Orlando Weekly as one of the best local podcasts, not on radio. So be sure to head over to vote.orlandoweekly.com and head into the local notables section and vote for the Orlando Soccer Show as the best local podcast. Thanks for listening. On with the show. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Orlando Soccer Show. You remember us? We haven't done a show since May. May. It's now almost the end of June. But we're back after one heck of a time that I'm going to share. My name's Austin David. Kyle Foley's here. Hey, Kyle, you remember we do this show? I I do, but then our our esteemed um, overlord slash producer slash editor slash media <laughs> contact slash <laughs> everything you know you do all the work. The rest of us are just kind of you know we're the idea idea men. Yeah, uh, you you disappeared on us for for several different travel <laughs> things, and then we thought we thought ISIS got you. We thought you were kidnapped with Brent. I was still maintaining contact at the very least. Yeah, but anybody could have been using your your accounts. It's true. So, they got to get know. the tone of voice right, though. I feel like that's hard to. to I feel like it's. I feel like it's a lot easier to replicate you than Brent, because to replicate Brent, you have to be able to get his his like precise typos. <laughs> And lack of grammar, whereas for you it's just it's just normal like human being <laughs> speech and like proper English. It's fair. So so I feel like it's 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 it wouldn't be that hard for someone to to pull a weekend at Bernie's with you. Uh, I don't know. It's 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 an experiment that I may try one day. But um, yeah, as you mentioned, I was uh, not quite MIA, but pretty much MIA for the last uh, three weeks or so. So I'm going to start at the beginning and kind of go through it, and then we'll get into Orlando City, OCB, and, well, the Pride, because, well, there's a lot that's happened with the Pride, but not all of it good. Well, in fact, none of it good. Um, so the end of May, um, I unfortunately found out that my aunt had passed away from lung cancer, and uh, it was tough because I had just spent a month with her in England in December for my 30th birthday and I was there with her for the entire time and then five months later she's gone so that was a very tough time personally for me I had to go back to England for the funeral um in order to get there though as you may have heard from many travel stories over the last couple weeks um flying sucks right now so i got to the airport flight got delayed 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 then canceled um it took a long time for me to get out of the airport i got to the airport at four didn't leave till 9 30 so that sucked then i had to go back the next day and fly again this time the flight actually took off and we got there on time then our driver from the airport was late for two hours so we were sitting outside my dad and i for two hours waiting for our ride Eventually got it there. Everything was fine and dandy. You know, go kind of see people through the weekend. Um, and then the day before I'm supposed to fly out, my mom comes down with COVID. So we all in the house test negative. Fine. My dad decides to stay. So I spend three hours on the phone with the airlines trying to change their flights. I end up flying to Boston to cover the Orlando City game, which was fine. I got to go to Foxborough and cover the game and it was a 1-1 draw talk to Pedro after the game about his whole uh adventure coming from from Qatar to Boston and and playing that night um that was all well and good so next day Thursday get to the airport game six of the NBA finals is going on just down the street I tried to get tickets but of course that's not happening so I Decide to watch from the airport bar while I'm waiting for my flight. That gets delayed, delayed, delayed. And then at midnight, they decide to cancel it right as the game is ending. So 
I have to find my way back to my friend's house because I was staying with my friend in Boston at midnight. At the same time, everybody's trying to get out from the finals game, which is three miles away from the airport. So that was really sucky. Then they decided to tell us, oh, there's no more flights on Friday. Sorry. So I tried to fly out Thursday, no flights Friday, which means I was going to buy back on Saturday. But by the time I flew back, the game for Orlando City against Houston would be going on. So I was going to miss that. So I was like, okay, well, I just want to get home at this point. Fine, I'll take that flight. Saturday rolls around at noon. I get a text. Hey, your flight's been delayed. And then delayed. And then canceled. Luckily, I didn't go to the airport this time around. I stayed at my friend's house and just rebooked from there. But that was another three-hour conversation with the airlines. Um, then I flew out Sunday morning at 7 a.m., which means I had to be at the airport at 5 a.m., which means I had to wake up at 4.30 in the morning. And then I finally got home. Meanwhile, my mom's still in England because she's still testing positive for COVID. Oh, and here's the kicker. Uh, my dad and I, we both left a car. You know, we both drove together and left the car at the airport. Um, he was supposed to beat me home, pick up the car, and then drive it home. When, his, when my mom came down with COVID, he gave me the keys and said, well, you're going to beat me. So he flew back on Saturday. I was still in Boston, which means the car was sitting there. He couldn't drive it and had to get a ride so that when I came back, I would take the car. So that's my story. That sounds like an absolute mess of a time. And I would rather endure that than watch another Pride game this season. <laughs> oh, wow. Jeez. Okay. Uh, well, without further ado, now that everybody knows what I went through, let's talk about what Orlando City went through. They, they, the last two games, at the very least, because thankfully, they had a couple weeks off, so we didn't really miss much in terms of the show. They just missed, you just missed the, the New England game, which I was there for, and the Houston game, which I was not there for. So, quickly, New England, 1-1 draw. Um, it, it was okay. You know, the, no, nothing's too spectacular. They they did well defensively towards the end to kind of hold New England out. And, um, yeah. I mean, that, that felt like a peak coming out of a of an international break type game. Mm-hmm. It really like was. It, there was. It was just that it was just slow, kind of disjointed. But but like for, with both teams, it didn't mm-hmm. feel it didn't feel like oh one one team you know Orlando's getting dominated here or or New England's getting dominated here. It just felt kind of meh. You know meh. Yeah. yeah. I honestly had forgotten that game had happened. Listen, listen. I was, it's, it, it, I was thinking about the Houston game. I had forgotten the New England game just because it was it was it was such a meh. Yeah, like I didn't expect anything to happen. A draw is, is perfectly acceptable in, in that. Had we I lost know, ab- one, ab- thing, ab- I also wouldn't have really cared. Yeah, and the thing is, it didn't really look like the city of Foxborough really cared. And again, Foxborough is an hour away. And I'll I'll get to the, 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 the conversation <laughs> I had with you guys earlier about the World Cup bids because I, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit later. Anyways, <laughs> but I, it took, I can tell that's why you, you kept bringing up, you kept saying Foxborough, Foxborough, Foxborough. Because it's Boston. not Boston. It's no, an right. hour away. No, you're right. Anyway, we'll, 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 we'll talk, talk about, about that. that later for sure. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, it was like 15,000 people. It looked cavernous. It was pretty empty for that, for the most part, uh, the stadium. And, but, you know, I, I got to talk with, with Oscar and, and Robin and, and uh, Pedro after the game. Uh, it's nice to be able to go back into the locker room and actually talk to the players and the coaches face to face now instead of doing it over Zoom. Uh, so that's something that the MLS has recently re-allowed uh, in terms of their access now. Is it's you know the ability to actually talk to players face to face in the locker room now, which is refreshing, uh, especially for away games because you know, it's it's you travel all the way there and then you just do a Zoom call. It's like what's the point? Anyways, uh, that was New England. Push that to the side now. Um, Then you go look at this weekend, this past weekend, shall I say. Houston. Um, 
Orlando did what they needed to do and almost almost blew it. Almost. It 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 came down to the last kick of the game. And it certainly seemed like upon replay maybe Houston should have tied that one, huh? I would never question the integrity of pro referees. Hmm. And their commitment to getting correct results in Major League Soccer. Hmm. I would never. So I I stand with the referees. Yeah. Definitely not a complete 180 from everything we've said on the show before, right? I I I I demand you pull up the evidence within 15 seconds, <laughs> or you are a liar. Yeah, I can't pull up the evidence in 15 seconds, but I could splice it in later. Anyways, um, Orlando statistically did dominate the game. Uh, do you happen to know what their expected goals were for this game? I mean, you you ask me this every time, but like, I, I have a, I have a, I have, a, I have the match report pulled up. Okay, well, sometimes people don't <laughs> listen. I, you know, it was. I mean, it was. <laughs> here, here, I've got three point two one. I, I know you look. That's the three. Yeah, it's three point two one to point yeah. seven two. So that's yeah, that's pretty. It's a pretty big gap. Right, and Orlando City should have scored three goals, but of course they're completely unable to do so as we've seen throughout the season they've never scored more than two goals in a game this season still and despite yeah, it's, their it's their great, six Bob. shots six shots on target with 18 total they were only able to score two goals which again better than previous i guess possession wise they didn't hold the possession but i don't think against houston they really needed to especially towards the end of the game where they conceded a lot of possession. Uh, in the first half, they were holders of the possession, and then towards the end of the second half, holding on to that 2-1 lead, they ceded a lot of possession to Houston and kind of just defended for their lives, which tends to happen a lot with Orlando City. But Urchon Kara scored twice. One was an actual goal that he he realized, and another goal was one that deflected off of him. So the one in the 25th, great team play between Mauricio Pereira and Facundo Torres, and Cara taps it in back post. Uh, the 58th goal, that was Mauricio Pereira's that just kind of took a deflection off of Cara's back heel and went in. So it was credited I, no, that was, it, as it was an a assist. Very, it was a very skillful attacking move by Urchin Cara, who mm. we have discussed on the show needs to provide more goals for the team. And here he provided two that were 100% his own. And second one was pure skill. How dare you besmirch his name? Yeah, honestly, I don't know why he's not being nominated for goal of the week. <laughs> I mean, uh, to be fair, Orlando City's Twitter account did tweet that out. It's like, why is this not being registered as goal of the week contender? Well, anyways, Kara yeah, no, does stand at six goals on the season now. Uh, the league leaders are nine, so he's he's on pace now after a bit of a slower start. You know, all things considered, he's he's played 16 games, only started 11 of them. He's played under 1,000 minutes. Um, you know, the only two players that are above him that have played under 1,000 minutes are Adam Buxa, who's not on the team anymore, and Leo Campana from Miami, who's played just under 1,000 minutes. Everybody else... Other than Ola Kamara, who scored six goals in 13 appearances and only played 600 minutes, um, those three are above him in terms of goals per minutes played. So, not bad. No, not not bad at all. And obviously, we've talked to about it can't be there can't be just one player scoring all the goals for Orlando City, but I think I think having one player who is up there amongst the, the the top scorers maybe not maybe not right up there competing for the top place but o- only a couple goals back that's that's what you need to see and so i think that's i think that's a really big thing absolutely and now it's still it's just, very early can, a, yeah now it's a can he can he keep that up all season and b is if not or even if can someone else you know pick up some of that slack or or, or add and contribute a bit more 
Right. And you have a guy like Pata who's, who's scored a couple goals this year, but a lot of assists throughout this team. So Mauricio Pereira with his two, and I'm putting air quotes here, two assists, because the first one was a hockey assist and the second one was an accidental assist, but they still count all the same in MLS. He's got eight assists on the year in 16 games, which is tied with Carlos Hill for the league lead in assists. Not bad. Yeah, pretty good. Facundo Torres, he's got five assists in 15 games. So he's three back of the league leaders. For your designated player, who's not bad. Not bad at all. And considering that Mauricio is your other designated player and then Urchon is your third designated player, you're, you're doing all right. You're doing all it's, right it's with a, your, yeah, your, a, your <laughs> top three players that you're paying a lot of money to are producing on the field. Yeah, when they are your your top statistical leaders, that that's what you want to see. Right. It's why you're paying them the money you're paying them. It's, and especially because two of them are new to the league. Like it's 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 one thing with with Mauricio where it's like, okay, you, you've been here for a little while, but to bring in you know, two guys two guys as DPs who are brand new to the league, who aren't like it's not like they were bringing in, you know, like with Toronto bringing in uh, Insigne, like, like you're not bringing in someone who has like a proven track record in major big leagues, and so them coming in and not producing right away would be a disappointment. Mm-hmm. This is this is one of those like, hey, it's uh, it's it's. I don't want to say surprising because it's not surprising that they're doing well, but it's it's just it's it's very very good. Yeah, and with this two one win against Houston. It was actually very significant in terms of Orlando City's history. This was the first time Orlando City beat Houston since their first win in MLS back in 2015. Jesus. I know. Now, granted, they only play once a year, all things considered, but literally that... that, Seven years. Pedro Ribeiro, quote-unquote, goal, which ended up being an own goal, um, that was the last time Orlando City beat Houston, which was their first ever win in MLS. Other than, you know, this past weekend. Other fun fact, uh, Orlando City have now scored in 14 of their 16 games, and I don't think any other team in MLS has scored in 14 games out of the 16 that they've played. So... Orlando's got that going for them. They score in almost every game. They've also scored in each of their last seven games in MLS, scoring 10 goals, which is kind of low, but at least they're scoring a goal almost a game. Just a a little bit above average, one goal per game. And um, they scored in their last seven, which is the longest run since uh, basically the, the end of 2021. So all things considered, uh, not not too te- not too terrible. Um, not too terrible indeed. No. So, with that taken care of, let's take a look at what's to come. They have Cincinnati this weekend. Technically Friday, but it's the Cincinnati. beginning of the weekend. We're on to Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati. I, uh, you remember the last time these two teams played this year? I do recall. Hmm. Do you remember what happened in that game? Oh, why do I why do I not? I know we lost. I know Orlando lost. What that is the, correct. What was what was the significance of that? That they lost to Cincinnati. Oh, oh, I did. It was I, literally I, the only. <laughs> it was because at that time Cincinnati was still considered bad. Oh, they were terrible. Right. And, and I and believe are, on the but... I believe on the show we said like you know at least we're not Cincinnati or, or something. <laughs> um, we had like a whole clip show where we're basically saying yeah this should be an easy win for Orlando you know, and then it wasn't. That's really the only significance for it. Um, but all, all things considered, Orlando and Cincinnati are very different teams from when they were back in March. Uh, Brandon Vasquez has been playing very well thus far this year, and uh, honestly, I think he's he's been uh, one of the surprises in terms of uh, goal contributors. He scored two against Orlando City, 
I'm trying to remember how much he has this year. He he was tops at one point. Yeah, Brandon Vasquez has eight goals now. So six of his eight goals have come against other teams other than Orlando City this year. Um, but he's he's one of the tops, you know, one goal behind the the league leaders. So he's definitely a, a danger man to watch out for for Cincinnati. Um I mean heck, they're they're just behind Charlotte for a playoff spot right now. They're eighth. And the way that the East is right now, it's so chock a block full that only what two points separate uh fourth and first and i think it's four points separate sixth and first and then there's charlotte cincinnati and everybody else new england is now back in the playoff picture at 23 points big surprises are that uh columbus and atlanta are still below and then Toronto, DC, and Chicago are the worst teams. You got to feel like, especially with their most recent signing, that Columbus is definitely going to turn that around. Yeah, and Kevin Molino's Pretty back quickly. now. Um, he's been out with another torn ACL, which is very sad. But he's he's now back and playing for Columbus again. He's definitely could be a difference maker. Um, but yeah, they they've still got a lot of season left to go before uh, anything gets really serious. So. Again, looking at Cincinnati, like they've gotten weirdly like good results. All right, so um I, I I don't know. Okay, so they've beaten teams that they absolutely should beat. All right, they beat Toronto twice. Uh they beat Minnesota. Um they drew Atlanta. They beat Miami, right? Th- those are those are teams that they absolutely should beat. And then they beat Orlando, which is, you know, whatever. But they've also lost to teams that, well, are better. Um, they lost to New England in the U.S. Open Cup 5-1. to one. They lost to Montreal 4-3. to three. Their last game out back on uh, June 18th, they drew Philly 1-1. One, one. Um, they've lost to Charlotte 2-0. And they lost to DC United back at the beginning of the season. So it's one of those things where they've lost to teams that they should lose to and they've beaten teams they should beat. Where does Orlando City stand in that conversation? Are they a team that Cincinnati should lose to or should beat? Because like they're, they're really there hasn't been a, a differentiator at this point. That's a good question, actually, because it's it's kind of like like and we talked about this with the first game where we expected Orlando to win pretty dominantly because of the way Cincinnati been. I think I think the problem is what we've talked about all year, which is it's very hard to pin down this Orlando City team. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 been a a whole and it's not really unique to this season. It's been really several seasons, several years of uh, arguably really since coming to MLS. Although the first couple of years, you don't really have that debate of, are they good or are they not? Because, because they're an expansion side. And so prior to Atlanta being dominant, the, the idea behind an expansion team was always, they're not going to be very good because they're an expansion side and that's okay. That's what we expect. So I don't know. Um, sh- I think this is I think this is like most games with, with Orlando a, a coin toss. I do think Cincinnati being at home, I think they should probably expect to have a bit of an upper hand. I think anytime anybody not from Cincinnati enters Cincinnati, their their quality of life instantly drops. So I think that gives Orlando a disadvantage, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not really sure where where in the world to you know or how in the world to pin this game down. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely um it's definitely one of those things where it could go either way. Orlando City's history in terms of facing Cincinnati has been mixed. In Orlando, they've they've been fairly dominant 
except for this year. Uh, but then again, Orlando at home this year has been very weird. I mean, they've lost more games than they have under Oscar Pereja at home this year than they have the first two years combined. So that says something. Um, but then you go back to like last year in May, won 3 nothing. Then in Cincinnati, they drew 1-1. And then in October, in Cincinnati, Orlando won one nothing. That was that was the the way things went in twenty twenty one. the 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 first game was that home for Orlando. Or was that in Cincinnati? Uh, the first game was in uh, in Orlando. Okay, but um, but Orlando Orlando is undefeated in Cincinnati, right? Yeah, I believe so. Because uh, they won they won at, at Exploria in twenty nineteen five one, and then they drew one one in Cincinnati. And so yeah, I'm I'm almost a hundred percent sure that. Orlando City is undefeated in Cincinnati because they've drawn a lot. You love to see it. Yeah, that's very weird. Hmm. Yeah, I'd like to to. Well, I don't know if I'd like to to restate my opinion on this game because I feel like if I say that I think yeah that we're gonna pull that of- clip again. Yeah, I'm like I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think I think purely just just on the field play. I think Orlando are coming in with, with some decent momentum. Just they went into the break not so great. They they've come out of it with a draw, which is pretty satisfactory, and then a nice win against a, a pretty good Houston side. So I would say, yeah, I would say a win is possible. I think uh, uh, watch your, watch your, special. Watch your, yeah, watch watch your wording here. <laughs> yeah, no, a win is possible. I think I think an Inspector Brad special is is more likely. A nil nil draw where everyone goes home mad. Yep. Okay. Well, we will. I, see. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go home mad unless somehow Orlando had like a five xg and missed three penalties or some bizarre. Yeah, I, I would. I'm fine with. I'm fine with. But I think that's also just partially because the typical kind of mindset expectation is is win at home and and try to draw on the road. You don't need to win your road games to to make the playoffs and be a competitive team. You just need to try not to lose that many of them. Yeah, so I'd be okay with a draw. Okay, fair enough. Well, we'll stick on Orlando. City, uh, the men's teams at least, and we'll, we'll talk about Orlando City B. Oh, do we have to after their last game? Okay, let me ask you this. Would you rather talk about OCB or the Pride first? <laughs> oh. No, we, we, we talk about OCB. That's fine. We yeah? We talk about them at some point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, guess, I guess for OCB, my thing is I don't really care about the results. Because the results, it's still worth should... talking about them because of of no no what's no no no, no. no I, I I think you're right I think I think we should I I think I think that's why I'm okay with talking about them because I'm okay with OCB getting dominated or losing a bunch of games I think the big thing is just our players getting minutes to play against more competitive talent than just playing or just training or occasionally coming off the bench in MLS or like playing right no 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 and, and that's perfectly perfectly understandable so um. Let's kind of talk about uh, what's happened in the month of June. They drew NYCFC 2 at OHP, but lost on penalties 5-3. Then they went to Gillette, played the New York New England Revolution 2, lost 2-1, and then went to Historic Crew Stadium this past weekend and lost 6-1 over the Columbus Crew 2. Uh, through all of that, Orlando has a, a very good goal scorer in Jack Lynn. Um, he's gotten nine goals this season, which good for second in the league. The problem is everybody else is kind of bleh. It's, it's been kind of rough for, well, you know, everybody else. Other than Javier Otero. Um, yeah, he's he's let up a lot of goals, so it's rough in that sense. But 
Uh, he does have a lot of saves, which, as we all know, if the goalkeeper is making a lot of saves, that's that's obviously a good thing, right? Right? Uh, mm. It's not. It's not. It's not a good thing. He's got 61 <laughs> saves I'm like, in 11 I'm like, games. I'm like, I'm like, man, I remember all of those Orlando City, you know, legendary goalkeepers. Legendary Joe Bendick. Goalkeepers. Yep. Tally Hall. Oh, jo- man, they jo- came ben- up with so many great saves. Joe Don- Bendix. Donovan, Joe Bendix. Donovan Ricketts. Oh, God. Joe Bendix's record will never die for his saves for the club because they actually have competent defenses now where they don't have to make 30 saves like over the course of two weeks. Well, that's that's why like like Pedro Galese is a very great goalkeeper. Thankfully, we don't have to see it on the stat sheet. We just because he's not having to make 15, 20 saves a game. Yeah, We're, it's just they're not playing Ole defense. <laughs> right, exactly. This is like no, it's your problem. No, it's your problem. Oh, the go the ball has been shot. Okay, well, it's, it's neither it's of our the, problems it, now. It's the people's <laughs> problem. Yeah. Uh, the people. Well, uh, Orlando City B, they... Again, they're getting minutes. Jack Lynn has scored nine goals in nine games played. That is progress for their draft pick. He's, he's getting, you know, chances at the very least, and you gotta be happy for that, for OCB. Uh, their next couple games, they funny enough, they play... FC Cincinnati 2 on Saturday. So whoever doesn't play in that Orlando City MLS game can play in the MLS Next Pro game the next day. And that's a 1 o'clock kickoff out in Cincinnati. Their July consists of four games where they play Rochester, New York, FC. Uh, Then they play Inter-Miami 2. At Chicago Fire, and then host Philly Union 2. And then they've got five games in August, three games in September, and that's it. It's gone by pretty quickly, just about halfway through the season. It has gone by pretty quickly. Yeah. Now, in in terms of standings overall, uh, Orlando is third from the bottom. They are averaging one goal per game. They have 11 points on the season. Uh, To make it to the playoffs, you have to be in the top four. Currently, Rochester, New York FC is fourth with 18. So Orlando City B is seven points behind the playoff line as it stands right now. Also, they only have two wins on the season. So that's not great. You see, I'm just just so... So... Just nonplussed about... The results. What I am curious about, though, is I know you we mentioned Jack Lynn and his goal scoring record in MLS Next Pro. What are the chances that we see him in some MLS games, getting getting some get, getting a a genuine look in the first team this season? I think at some point you'll see it if there's, especially in July, because there's going to be so many games and so much rotation needed they're probably going to try and utilize other players that haven't gotten many minutes. So, uh, you know, Jacqueline and Wilfredo Rivera, those are two players that have gotten a ton of minutes for OCB uh, so far this year. Wilfredo's just come back from playing with Puerto Rico. Um, so he's, you know, got some experience with the national team now that he has been the last couple of years anyways. Um, but on the season for Wilfredo, he's got one goal and three assists so far in eight games played um you know he's he's not necessarily the biggest um goal scoring threat but he's he's a good creative player um just trying to figure out his his tendencies a little bit better and kind of sharpen up the product jack lynn on the other hand i mean he's he's pretty good you know guys are feeding him in moises tablante another kid to watch out for he's got two goals and four assists on the year he's been very good at in terms of taking players one-on-one and driving. Um, he's a little bit foul-happy, though. Um, he's he's suffered the most fouls, and he's committed the most fouls on the entire team, uh, if that tells you anything. Yeah, that sounds about right. Outside of those guys, I mean, uh, uh, Brandon Hackenberg's been playing. He's still training with Orlando City 
the MLS side. Um, so I believe they see a future with him uh, as like a fringe MLS guy right now because he's been training with the MLS side basically the entire season, uh, along with Jack and Wilfredo. But they just don't have a roster spot for him right now, I don't think. So they're, they're taking the year to kind of give him a look, and he's obviously playing with the MLS Next Pro team, so it's kind of whatever at this point. Uh, outside of that, other players that you could watch out for, uh, David Bacuzzo, showing little flashes of brilliance. Uh, Nasir Acosta, who just signed a couple games ago. He's been decent. He's the cousin of uh, Sebas Mendez, or the, not the cousin. He's, um, oh, he's it, it's much more closely related, and I can't remember off the top of my head right now. But the point of the matter is he's related to Sebas very closely. Um, he's been solid. Uh, Alex Freeman, he's gotten some games. Uh, he needs work, unfortunately. He's, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's still a very raw product um, at the fullback position. But the more games he gets, the better he'll get. Um, Mikey Holiday's played a game there and has been okay. And then uh, Kembo Guadalupe, he's not played very much, actually. He's he's kind of been a very fringe player. And uh, there was a lot of hype around him for a while, but nothing really to write home about just yet. So that's kind of what's going on with OCB right now, just in a very overarching nutshell. Now, Kyle, it's time to talk about the Orlando Pride. Can I share a really, really fun stat? Oh, boy. What? In the last five games, the Orlando Pride have scored four goals uh-huh. and allowed 16. Uh-huh. That yep. that sums up everything on the field that anyone needs to know about the Orlando Pride. They are yep. far and away the worst team in NWSL, both yeah. and on you know, paper, this, this, on the this, field. This, this is just fairly I, – I wouldn't say it's – recent but it's uh they are not the worst team in nwsl in the standings that's actually the north carolina courage sure sure like you this this is technically correct which as you know is is the best type of correct yeah but their goal decision their goal decision is minus 15 and they've conceded they've yeah, Orlando played two more games yep. than than north carolina and they're one point ahead so i i think this will change very soon um, the Pride have not scored double-digit goals, but have conceded twenty-four on the season. Wow. the The next closest team that has conceded the most goals is, funny enough, their next opponent in Racing Louisville, who've conceded fourteen, but scored ten, which is a pretty serviceable. I mean, the Pride yeah. have scored nine. Sure, but but I'm saying a ten and fourteen. Like, it's a minus four goal differential compared yeah, to the minus they, fifteen. I know. Yeah. Jesus, it's so bad. Yeah. Well, like, like Orlando, Orlando City have a minus two goal differential, like, and they're a they're a playoff team. Like, having a low goal differential isn't always terrible. No. But well, yeah. Okay, Oof. so l- l- overarching thing here uh, for the Orlando Pride, basically since early June, it's been bad. Uh, June 3rd, they lost 5-0 to Houston. That was bad in and of itself. Then a couple days later, Amanda Cromwell and Sam Green suspended pending league investigation. That's worse. Um, Then rumors fly everywhere. What's going on? Why is this happening? I had just gone out of town at the time of the announcement, so I haven't even been able to like do my due diligence as to what's happening. I've been out of the country and out of town. So what is happening with the Orlando Pride, from what I know, is that Seb Hines is currently coaching them. Um, they only lost to Chicago one nothing in his first game coaching. And then they went to Portland, and it was fine at half. They were only down two. And then um, you just got the feeling that after, after the 63rd minute, when some substitutions were uh put in and and players were just kind of like you know what we, we've got a vacation for a couple weeks it starts today 
just kind of mail yeah, this team, one in here. That that team gave up. Yeah, like that's there's no there's no nice way to put it. There's just no like, oh, I'm trying to give a a glass half full kind of look on it. That team just completely gave up, and it's not the first time they've done that. Mm, no. No. It's it's it's, em- it's embarrassing. It's it's it's. It's it's one thing to lose and even lose bad, but to lose in a game where you you just completely a game is relatively competitive and a couple things go against you and then to just completely give up and that happens multiple times, that's just I don't know. It was it was it's it's bad. Yeah. It's it's not great. Um, I think there was there was a um, what's it called? There was a quote from Tony Presley where she said like we tried our best. No, <laughs> no, no, you did not. And if that was your best, oh boy. Yeah. Like, listen, I know what it's like to follow terrible sports teams. I've been a Pittsburgh Pirates fan my entire life. So I know what it's like to watch <laughs> teams that don't care about winning or even playing the sport in a way that is representative of a professional team and the pride are bordering on that line. I won't say that they've crossed it because I do know that they have been competitive in the past or at least have had players or had moments where the team has looked like things were going in a decent direction. I think last season was not great, and I think this season, it obviously there's a lot going on outside of, which we'll talk about in a minute, but it's getting dangerously close to uh, the pride feeling like an afterthought and and earning that reputation on the field. Yeah. And it's a shame because you want a, you get a lot of people in Orlando that, that want to care about uh, a professional women's team. I think, I think attendance is not great, but there is a pretty pat. The people that are there are pretty passionate base. There, there is a soccer market here. So it's very possible to fill, maybe not fill, but to, to have butts in seats at the game. If your team is competitive and good, the problem is the team has not been competitive now. And th- and now it's at the point where not only is it not competitive, but it's just embarrassing to watch. And so people aren't going to go. And then all of that just keeps keeps compiling to to make matters worse and worse. And then when you have all the front office your coaching staff issues and all those things that they're having, it uh it doesn't look like it's going to be getting better anytime soon. Yeah. Um, and, and let me just read the uh, the statement they posted back on June 7th, which seems like forever ago. Uh, Orlando Pride head coach Amanda Cromwell and first assistant coach Sam Green have been placed on temporary administrative leave with immediate effect pending the results of a current investigation. Decisions come following recommendations from the NWSL and the NWSLPA joint investigative team. This is an interim step within the investigation ongoing, and no final determinations or conclusions have been reached in the interim. Seb Hines pointed to the coach, the pride. Um, They also said that providing a respectful environment to and adhering to all league policies are of the utmost importance for the pride. This club is committed to fully cooperating with the joint investigative team throughout the conclusion of this process. As this is an ongoing investigation, the club will have no further comment. And, since then i haven't heard a thing the only big news that has come since this happened is that amy turner had her uh, contract bought out and naturally with nothing in between amanda cromwell paced on administrative leave game amy turner contract bought out the tendency is to try and connect those two together right Yes, but, but and I and I have a feeling this is kind of where you're leading towards. Yep, getting anyway. It's not just 
the connection of her having her contract terminated or bought out. It's all of the current and former players reacting on social media mm-hmm. to the contract being bought out. Yeah. That 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 really like the, the 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 connection was going to exist in people's minds no matter what because it those are the two most recent things and they could very believably be related and then when you add who was saying things and what they were saying afterwards you yeah that does not look great yeah um just put it to you this way so after amy turner's contract was bought out um there was uh, a number of different posts so sydney larue said uh an amazing teammate friend shot blocker and even better person i hope you get everything you deserve. The game needs you. It was a pleasure to exchange bruises with you until we meet again. Uh, Jess Fishlock, who does not play for the Pride and has never played for the Pride, uh, she said, Amy, what a wonderful human, uh, woman and human. Leaving your home and moving to a new place is never easy. You did it with ease. I am so sorry. This is the experience you got here. You deserved so, so much better. Good luck in the future. Well, and, and who, like, whoever makes a statement when a player gets their contract bought out. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? That's not a people come out and support you and do all this stuff. Just in general, when that happens, that's a, yeah, they just weren't a fit with the team. And yeah, no, it was literally other. like every yeah. player coming out to support her. Yeah. Uh, like that, and then, that just sets off a lot of flares. Right. And then has James, her significant other, Amy Turner's significant other. She said, disappointing, sad, angry, or just not enough words. You deserve so much better but never doubt you and the amazing person you are. You are the best teammate anyone could ask for. Always got your back, always by your side. Um, yeah. So that that was uh, that was just a few of the things. Also, Ashlyn Harris said Orlando added again. So yeah, yeah, it just it it just it just really. It makes you question a lot of things that have happened over the last couple of years. Like when yeah. you when you see some admittedly older but top level talent leaving the club, we we did kind of question it a little bit, but for the most part, the thought process was just th- the club is trying to reinvent themselves. You know, the team wants to wants to do things in a different direction or do do things differently. New coach, blah 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 blah, and you justify those in a million ways that make sense in a normal sporting atmosphere and environment without any shenanigans going on. And then shortly into the season, your new coach gets suspended by, by, by the league. And then you have all these issues with, you know, players coming out and speaking about things going on. Right. And 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 again, there's, there's, there's not much we physically know for certain, we are just we, pointing out what we have seen. Right, right. Well, yeah, and I do, yeah. We're not trying to speculate on what happened or what's going on, but what is very obvious is that there are some major problems with the Pride, structurally. Yeah. Beyond uh, again, what's just, happening on the uh, field. Right. And and, and it's, it's not saying, oh, yeah, we, you know, we know for certain. It's like we're just looking at what's happening. They've they've lost two goal two games by a combined eleven to nothing. Like that that doesn't just happen, right? Something is going on. Whether it's the wait, team, wait. The, you know, it could just be that the team is is kind of going through it, um, going through this whole entire process of having their coach suspended and, um, you know, just just a lot going on behind the scenes, or it could be something else completely, but. What we do know is the the Pride do play another game in just a couple weeks. So they're off this week, and they are back next week. They play on July 3rd, and that game is in Daytona for the Daytona Soccer Fest. Yep. Um, here, here's hoping that it, it goes better than the Portland game. I would sure hope so. <laughs> I, I I can't imagine it could get any worse. Uh, I'm gonna knock on wood there though, because yeah, I, did watch I was gonna Colorado, say Kyle. I watched I watched the Colorado Avalanche beat the Tampa Bay Lightning seven to nothing the other night. So yeah, just be careful. 
Be careful what you there, say. There are worse score lines than 6 0. Yep. Just not many. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, the um, Daytona Soccer Fest, the game is at 8 p.m. on July 3rd at CBS Sports Network if you decide not to go to the game, which understandable if you don't. Um, the the Soccer Fest is, is going to be a very interesting time. I will are you, say are that. You, are you going? Are you going to be at that? I am planning on going. Nice. I am going to put myself through it. Godspeed, my friend. Indeed. Indeed. I would I would join you, but no desire to go to Daytona. On I July think. 4th weekend during the midst of a travel crisis. Yeah. yeah. No, thank you. I don't yeah. even want to pay for the gas to get to Walmart. Yeah, no kidding. Gas actually did go down a little bit today. Yeah, and they're uh, they're looking at uh, a three month pause on the the gas tax. Although that's not going to stop everything uh, else. Companies from just raising their prices to make up for like they're not going to pass those savings on to us. Right. We're not we're not getting any cheaper gas. No, we're not important enough. Obviously. Well, um. <sighs> Do you want to do weird news and red cards today? I I mean I feel like I feel like we almost have a, a duty. An obligation. I like it's, yeah, I feel like it's it's our we're basically superheroes. You know? Sure. And, and this is our this is this is our job. I've got I've got some weird news. Alright, go for it. An Austrian man has caught super gonorrhea. <laughs> <laughs> he had unprotected sex with a sex worker in Cambodia and now has a strain of super gonorrhea that is resistant to most antibiotics. Good Lord. It's the second time a super gonorrhea strain has been detected. The first one was in 2018. Um, oof. Yeah, this is, uh, is a 50-year-old Austrian man who's having a lot of pain while peeing and I don't want to keep reading this article because it gets pretty detailed about all that. And that's uh, not my jam, but yeah, be careful out there, folks. You get some super gonorrhea. Well, kind of speaking of, of that, here's here's my weird news. Uh, microscopic mites that have sex on our faces at night could face evolutionary oblivion. Damn. Yeah, if you ever, if you ever don't wash your face at night, just remember... There's microscopic mites having sex on there. A lot of really horrible jokes I can make. <laughs> but I'm I'll refrain and just go Wow. Just uh wash your noses and eyelashes. Those are those are where they, they live the most. Um Anyways, they they live in our skin follicles and on the daytime they feed on our oily skin. And then at night, they leave the pores to go find mates and find new follicles in which to have sex and lay their eggs. Dude, even these microbiotic things are getting laid more than most people. <laughs> trying to, like, trying to wash away, I phrase that one. Yeah. Gotta be careful. You want to do it? Nope. I'm not going to make that joke. Nope. I'll make it off air. Well, anyways, go. um, they're they're <laughs> facing evolutionary extinction because of basically climate change and and a lot of different evolutionary things. So, yeah, it's um technically, you know, it's it's another one of those things where we should protect animals, and these are animals that actually you know live on us and kind of help us survive. So, they're, yeah, they're also really really kinky. Yeah, and we don't we, we don't kink shame here on the Orlando Saga show. <laughs> I mean, we do, but we don't we don't shame Doctor Doctor Alejandra Parati of the University of Reading, who co-authored the study, said we should love them because they're the only animals that live on our bodies for our entire lives, and we should appreciate them because they clean our pores. And besides, they're cute. Say, 
I, I have a lot of questions about this, but again, this is a, this is a family-friendly show. Mm-hmm. It's, it's weird news. <laughs> it's weird news. Just, I just have, I just like what? What about them is cleaning our pores? Because I've also heard that a a substance is good for your pores. Uh, <laughs> and I'm just wondering what those what those don't no no don't wonder. <laughs> Stop asking, asking questions. I'm, just accept I'm just it. Ask, I'm just no, asking questions. You're 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 at, you're not. Just, just just don't. Just accept All it right. and move on. All right, we got some some red cards slash pe- playing advantage. Yeah, what do you got? What do you? What do you oh, I'll, I'll, I mean, uh, my red card is easy. It's Delta Airlines. Fuck them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this life is a fucking nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> to play that play that John Mulaney clip. Um, okay, uh, I, I'll do I'll do one of each. I'll do a playing advantage and I'll do a red card. I will play advantage to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge which is out now on all of the platforms as well as it is on Game Pass. It is a nice little love letter to uh, like 90s arcade beat-em-up games. If you enjoyed Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time for the Super Nintendo, you will really enjoy this. The soundtrack is probably one of the best video game soundtracks I've ever heard. I've had it playing on repeat basically for like the last full week. It is just... It, it's it's excellent. It is a top notch game. Very fun to play. Awesome, 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 awesome music. Uh, it's great. They brought back the original voice actors for the the turtles from the nineteen eighty seven TV show, oh, nice. which is pretty cool too. Um, so yeah, that one was great. And then um, my my red card is to uh, just the elected officials of the state of Texas. Hmm. Dealing with this Uvalde stuff, it seems like they are now trying to place the blame on solely on the uh, Uvalde police chief and saying that it was all his call and he he you know didn't do things or whatever. And and th- it is correct that he did not do his job. But like there is a video of them. Oh, there's a new thing that as we're speaking has 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 come to light uh, that I that I'm now seeing. Oh no, this is from yesterday. This okay, but I'm seeing more. So the officers were out were inside the school at 12:04 p.m., which was like 40 45 46 minutes before the shooter was killed. Uh they were in there in in the hallway with guns and riot shields and still did not enter the room. There were eight different agencies and at any at, there was anywhere from I think like 6 to 19 officers in the hallway throughout the hour that they were outside of the room. While children were inside, calling nine one one, begging for help, and many of them tragically were were murdered, and just the entire, but the law enforcement of Uvalde, the the state of Texas, the mayor of Uvalde, just every everyone responsible for protecting these kids and 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 giving some sort of a sorry, I'm trying to keep myself a little bit composed and not just like scream out explicit statements about how how angry i am and and how how heartbreaking it is but i'm literally like sitting here in my chair shaking uh with with rage at at this and the more that comes out the angrier i get because you realize that this this beyond just the normal like this stuff shouldn't happen because people shouldn't be able to have access to the weapons and do things like this right then you see that then you see that that officers had had countless opportunities to stop it and refused to do their job and so you have you have fourth graders who were braver than people who are supposedly hired to to protect them and that's just it's that's a red card isn't is not bad enough it's, it i no uh, it's, it's a terrible. lifetime ban yes yeah well and to to end on a slightly lighter <laughs> note i'll i'll give I'll give another, which does feel a little awkward, jumping back from something that that deep to to something a little lighter. But uh, the the season finale of of Kenobi, I haven't uh, watched pretty it. Pretty good. It's pretty, pretty very good. very excited to watch it later today. Yeah, I'm I'm waiting for the the DMs that I will get as soon as Austin has seen it. So, yeah, yeah, quite good. You already know. All right, um, geez, outside of that, 
there's really nothing else. Uh, follow me on Twitter at AustinDavid22. I'll have some updates on uh, player availability for Friday's game. Uh, Orlando City travel Thursday, being today, um, to the game. And uh, then they play on Friday. So there you go. That's it. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Orlando Soccer Show. Uh, for Kyle Foley, I'm Austin David. Uh, we're glad to be back, and hopefully we'll be back next week as well. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you later. And you're dirty brown water trash, and you're always going to be dirty brown water trash. <laughs>